You are listening to Embrace the Chaos Podcast with your hosts, Ruben and Marina DeAnda from GLB Church. Thank you for joining us as we lean into the joys and chaos of marriage and family life. Welcome back to Embrace the Chaos. This is Ruben. And Marina. We are very uh, glad that you get to join us again. Uh, Again, in our podcast, we're trying to embrace the chaos, not just of life and the business of life, but also of relationships. Uh, Some of the most important relationships in our lives can be very chaotic. And we, instead of running away from the chaos, we want to run into the chaos and embrace it. Yes. uh, And live life to the full. That's right. Because we don't have any other choice in the matter. (laughs) Something along those lines. No, because we want to. Yes, we want to. We want to. Um, We are very, very excited today to be able to have a conversation with a good friend of ours. Yes. And he is a minister in the Turning Point Church, uh, and he is also a licensed marriage and family therapist and an an addiction counselor. Mm. Uh, His name is David Bruce. And he's also a close friend of ours. We've known him for many years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Oh. we are very, very thankful that he gets to spend time with us today. Yes, very thankful. Do you want to talk a little bit briefly about what we're going to be talking about yes. before we start talking to David? Yeah. Should I go into my whole like sure, yeah. how I, okay. Yeah. So we're going to talk about relationships today. And um, I think for me personally, it's something that has been on my heart And especially as we are in these times, right, quote unquote, these times of being in lockdown, pandemic, quarantine, all of the injustices that are going on, we are just living in number one, unprecedented times and crazy times. Mm -hmm. And so I, thank you, chaos, yes, chaos, Chaos. not just in the home, but just all around us. Mm -hmm. And it could be very hard to embrace that right now. And so- um, I really just wanted to be able to take time to talk about that. And um, and then having David is just amazing, the cherry on top of that, because he is incredible and has a lot of great experience and wisdom to share with us. Yeah, he Thank recently you. did a, a message on relationships and fear that he's actually doing for our church, GLB Church, uh, here soon. And, um, but a lot of what he shared triggered some of the conversation that we want to have today. Yes. Uh, in particular, um, in the most important human relationship, right. Which would be the husband and wife, uh, marriage relationship. That's Mm -hmm. kind of the the area that we really want to focus on today, but also talk about children and parenting. Yeah. Them too. Wide open. (laughs) It's all there. So uh, we are so happy to have you, David. I love you guys. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that we get to talk. Joy incarnate. I know. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. I feel so good about myself now. I can just leave right now. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. I just Just needed some words words of affirmation. Yeah. Always go a long way. Yeah. Way to start, man. That's right. (laughs) So can we just, okay, we were talking like right before this, right before we started recording and it was just some really good stuff. We're like, hey, we need to get recording because this is good stuff. So yeah. So we were talking about this whole idea of not focusing on the what but focusing on the why. Correct. Correct. And, you know, sharing with David a, just a tension in our marriage that we have had over the past couple weeks and, um, you know, kind of me going off and being a little crazy in the head, a little bit, 
I would probably phrase that differently, but okay. go ahead. I'm going to honor your vulnerability. Right. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. It's my truth. But I could, <laughs> but I could have, yeah, I could phrase it differently. Okay. So yeah. So just kind of going off a little bit and maybe I overreact in certain instances, but I just feel really deeply about things that we talk about, things that we try not to do in our marriage. And when they happen, I get upset. Sure. And so we were talking about how I guess I focus more on the what is happened or isn't happening and not on the why. Correct. Yeah. Which is, by the way, utterly and completely normal. Thank you. you. Take that in first. All right. Okay. Deep breath. (laughs) Yes. Right. Yeah. So can just maybe we can talk a little bit about that, about that whole process of the what versus the why. Yes. And let me back that up a little bit. This is one reason actually why part of the reason why I think I became a therapist is Mm. because I noticed certain what's Mm -hmm. in my life or what's that I had to deal with growing up. Yeah. And I didn't like those what's wanted to get rid of those what's whatever that is, you know, it's Mm -hmm. a behavior or a way of thinking And I think through some really good relationships, I started learning that even though I hate what, or Mm -hmm. I don't like what, Mm -hmm. and how it's affecting me, or it's influencing me, the answer is always in the why, Mm -hmm. not just correcting the what. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's about depth. (laughs) You know, you can change the surface of things over and over and over again. And I think that gets extremely exhausting. Right. Mm. But just like Jesus didn't come down to correct us at the surface level. Mm. Yeah. He didn't come down to say, you know, guys, if you could just really behave differently, that would be awesome. No, he he came for a complete transformation from deep within. Yeah. (laughs) Because he didn't, he wasn't as interested, I believe, in what people did. He really cared about why people did those things. Mm -hmm. That's why I think he was able to have a very calm interaction with a woman who, who knows, hours before was committing adultery, Mm -hmm. yet he's having this very calm, loving, Mm non-condemning interaction with her. Mm -hmm. Because I think he saw way beyond what she did. Yeah. And all the men that brought her were like, hey, look what she did. Right. (laughs) Right. And he kind of touches it a little bit with, well, you know, can we look at what you've done? Look at your what? Yeah. And then, you know, they all drop their stones and all that kind of stuff. But I think that's so fascinating. How was Jesus able to have a Mm. non suspicious, Mm -hmm. (laughs) curious mindset with this woman Mm. who just made a, we'll just say a bad decision a few hours before but I think he always knew the very legitimate why mm-hmm. behind whatever it is. And the why is where they, I think the truth is. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think about what you said, like we're we're quick to correct the things on the surface, to change the things on the surface, but it can get exhausting. And I just think, I think life does that to us. You know, I think mm. our our responsibilities with work, with our family, with our children. Yeah. Um, that's sort of the thing that, okay, like I don't have a lot of time and depth is awesome, but depth takes time. Mm. A lot of time mm-hmm. and a lot of energy. 
right? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I know when a what is really bothering us, Mm -hmm. uh, time feels immense. Mm -hmm. Because when when something comes into our life that we don't like, you know, Mm -hmm. a bad habit of your husband or your kids, you know, going crazy because they don't like distant learning or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think um, the what creates a feeling. Right. You know, I feel mad or mm-hmm, I feel scared mm-hmm. or, you know, and then when what is not comfortable, whatever that is, our brain is in a very survival modality in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, basically I feel something negative. Yeah. How long will this negative be? And, you know, with pain, time needs to be very short. Mm-hmm. It's not, hmm, I wonder how long I'll be, I'll be suffering. We don't go that way. We like, I don't want this to go long. Mm-hmm. So that's when we come up often with very fast. Mm. Okay. We call it reacting. Yeah. Whereas um, I do believe, you know, God gives us, in Acts 17, God gives us life, breath, and everything else. Mm-hmm. I really don't know why Paul sticks out breath in the middle of that because mm-hmm. life and everything else seems to be about everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there's something interesting about breath. Mm-hmm. There's interesting about God breathing into mm-hmm. us, you know, giving us life right. through breath. Right. And there is something about giving oneself the gift of a breath mm-hmm. when you are in the moment of chaos. Mm. It's extremely counterintuitive. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. But being spiritual these days feels very counterintuitive. Yes. So again, you got to think about what intuitive is. Intuitive says survive, stop suffering as quickly as you can, and if there's some wreckage of from a result of that, you'll deal with that later. Mm-hmm. That's intuitive. Counterintuitive is, wow, I don't like how I feel right now, but let me pause for a moment. Someone recently taught me that the word shalom, which mm-hmm. we probably all heard, yep. yeah, the, the the Hebrew word. Mm-hmm. It, it One way to define it is shalom is everything now is right. Hmm. Now that hmm. that is extremely um, tricky. Yeah. yeah. Because when everything is right, I never go to shalom. I don't think shalom. I... I like life being nice and yeah. I get used to it. It gets very familiar. Yeah. And then what I end up looking for and what do I catch? I catch the disruptions of that. Okay. Somebody's what gets in my way. Okay. They're yeah. on their phone or they're, you know, they're rolling their eyes at me or something <laughs> like that. Or yeah. they're doing something. Right. And now suddenly my shalom is interrupted. Right. But I think this is where Jesus came to talk about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven it's not all this stuff that we see. It's not all the stuff that we're dealing with. That kingdom is where his authority reigns. Mm. And I have to keep going back to believing that when his authority is reigning, things are right. Right. Even though I don't like what's going on right now. Right. Yeah, yeah. His authority reigning, it is right. Yeah. And if I believe that and can embrace that a little bit more, I yeah. might be able with him. Yeah. To find a way to respond to what someone's doing. Yeah. Yeah. So so Jesus came and talked about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, 
And what is that? It's a spiritual kingdom. It's a non-physical kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yet, last time I checked, we're all living physical. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up physical. I'm yeah. dealing with physical. I yeah. got to feed physical. All this physical stuff. Right. But shalom is when everything is right because everything is under God's authority. That's what the kingdom mm. is. It's when God's authority is reigning. Yeah. Right. right. And so when I step out of that, when yeah. I do things my way, which yeah. is often my reactions to people and things and right. situations, when I react, now it's my authority reigning. Yes. And my authority says, I need to end what that person is just doing to me. <laughs> yeah. In fact, mm. let's do it now because yeah. mm-hmm. they don't mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. And, and that's where Romans 2 4 doesn't make any sense. Why in the world does God use kindness? With us, mm-hmm. not after we repent. But to lead us. Hey, if, you, if you come over here and change your what's, I'll give you a big hug. No, his hands are wide open, mm-hmm. saying, "I'm going to be so kind to you because mm-hmm. I know why you don't think the way you need to think right now. I know you're trying to survive. I know yeah. you're mad at what they did." But guess what? That person's hurt too. And there's a story about why they did that to you. I mean, they, they were hurt by someone else long before they ever hurt you. Mm. And I know because I'm God. <laughs> but I don't see those pictures. I don't see that much right. behind a person's behaviors yeah. or yeah. conducts. I yeah. just, my limbic system judges it very quickly. Right. Bad or not comfortable. And I think this is where I love your, listen to your podcast title. Yeah. Yeah. Embrace the chaos. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, but that's essentially what you're saying, right? Because it's 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 getting to the point where you can embrace the good and the bad, but embrace it and surrender to it because it is under God's reign. Essentially. Yeah. Right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. One of my favorite um, spiritual heroes, I guess, is a gentleman by the name of Richard Rohr. He's written mm-hmm. some great books, uh, but he he has this one phrase that I uh, brought with me today. He says, if we don't transform our pain, we will transfer it. So it's a little connected yeah. to your, to your yeah. podcast yeah. title. I can, yeah. I can, if I don't I embrace chaos... Yeah. Ultimately, I will start producing chaos yeah. wow. for people around me. Uh huh. You know, so somebody yeah. cuts me off. Yeah. Well, then I'm going to cut them off. Yeah. Right. right. And, totally and so makes sense. That's where that slowing down and taking breath. Yes. Because I, I would modify it a little bit. If we don't transform our pain with God, I will transfer it all mm-hmm. by myself. Right. Because God never asked me to transfer my pain to somebody else. Right, right. Right? He, he, in fact, he's Correct. the opposite. He took on pain. Right. He modeled that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's where, and I, I really, really love the title of your of this podcast because it is an invitation, yeah. I think, to what real life is all about. Yeah. A life of avoiding chaos is not really a good life. Yeah. Right. That's just so interesting and so deep, and I just think... You know, when I think about our marriage and I think about our relationship, I mean, really, it starts with us as an individual. And it really isn't. I mean, 
it is kind of his fault when he triggers me, but it's not really, right? Um, <laughs> David, can you speak to that? No, I'm just, can let me correct, let me, let me correct myself. Like, just follow me here, follow me here. I'm going to self, I'm going to self correct. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah. So, I'm excited about this. And, <laughs> Continue. Proven, man. Sorry, sorry, you're, sorry, you're, sorry. You're giving her more rope. I know, please, I know. Please. <laughs> Breathe in, yeah. breathe out. Okay. Initially, that is my thought. Like, if he wouldn't do this, if he didn't say this, you know, typical, right? Then I wouldn't react this way or I wouldn't feel this way. Yeah. But essentially, I think what I'm hearing you say is it is about us as an individual and transforming that personally so that I don't transfer it to whoever's around me. Mm -hmm. And the most important relationship is my husband. So he would get the brunt of that trans transferred. Yes. Pain. Pain, anger, whatever. Right? right. And I think what you just, what you're describing right there is, I think, part of the process of transforming pain mm. as opposed to um, trying to correct suffering mm -hmm. or end suffering. Mm -hmm. And I think part of what is required to transform pain rather than transfer it right. is often expressing it, communicating it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why, again, we're on this counterintuitive mm -hmm. theme. Mm -hmm. It's counterintuitive to express how I'm feeling. Mm. It's very intuitive sometimes to inflict mm. what I'm feeling. So in other words, when someone's really annoying yeah. me, yeah. typically the way I want to end that is let me annoy you yeah. so that you yeah. stop annoying me. Right. <laughs> right. And it works that works really well with children. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Is there a button for sarcasm or a <laughs> sort of sarcasm response? Yeah. It doesn't work at all exactly. with kids. But the point is, um Although I do that a lot with my kids. I know I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, and parents can win a it lot actually, of that one. It actually backfires all the time. We can talk actually, about parents it. win that one until they become adolescents. Exactly, exactly. Then you start losing that one. <laughs> right? Yeah. So anyway. So, and that's going to happen real soon because our yes. oldest is 12. And yeah. she's already she sees equal. it. She sees it, man. Oh, oh man. Embrace yeah. the chaos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we can oh, talk about that <laughs> later. That's like a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yes. So I want to I talk about, go back to the breath. Like I loved that idea and, yeah. you know, that whole um scripture from paul and i really think that this year that is what god is showing me the most is you've got to create space you, there has to be breath there because you're just going 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 mm. we're just going 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 yeah and um you know, we're doing we're doing things for God and right. we're doing things for our church and the people we love, for our family, for one another. But it just feels like I feel like God is just putting a pause on all of that. All of us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And has really just used this time to just get us to stop. Mm -hmm. And on that my on that note, I think you're right. And I'm going to keep stealing your podcast title. Um, <laughs> so I have a motto uh, that I learned from one of my marriage trainings about discomfort is growth trying to happen. 
discomfort is growth trying to That's happen. Good. Or in this case, yeah. chaos mm-hmm. could be yeah. growth trying to happen. Yeah. And I think that is a again very counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. uh, we don't we don't think about it that way. No way. I mean, no. in, in our generation now, uh, I want a Google tutorial mm-hmm. or yep. a three-point blog suggestion. Right. Because I don't want discomfort. Yep. Right. But I definitely want growth. Yeah. I want to be a better parent in three steps. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. I do as soon as I finish reading. Yeah. And my children will be literally transformed before my eyes because yeah. I did three things. Right. That's just not normal. That's not natural. Yeah. Or yeah. if it, is, it happens, it's it's not organic. It's not right. real. Mm. Right? Yeah. But I think w- what you just said, it is having a different mindset toward discomfort. And I think breath D- deep, slow breaths allow us to engage our prefrontal cortex, mm-hmm. which is where the why is. Mm. Mm. Limbic system doesn't ask why. Limbic system is just monitoring what is going on and reacts to it. Prefrontal cortex is a it's much more complex thinking, and it's it's impossible when you're in survival mode. Yeah, and that's why. Taking a deep breath actually starts um, pushing back on what your instinctual brain wants to do. Interesting. What that limbic system is telling you to do, taking a deep breath. Well, limbic system will never tell you to take a deep breath. Okay. Limbic system is actually producing the opposite. When your brain is, when your limbic system is reacting and triggered, Mm -hmm. your amygdala, which is at the base of your limbic system, one of the first um, somatic symptoms is restriction in breath. Interesting. And blood flow outward to the okay. limbs because you're in a survival mode. Right. You need, to, yeah. you need to breathe fast and get ready to run yeah. or get ready to fight something. Or slap somebody. Oh, careful. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, but that's Just where, as an example. Just as an yeah. example. Yeah, yeah, just an example. Somebody yeah. you knew once. Just an example. <laughs> anyway, but my point is, um, yeah, taking breath is very unnatural and and that's where you have to uh, this is what i love about recovery is that so many things of wisdom from the recovery community Mm -hmm. are in these little short phrases Mm -hmm. yeah because when you're in a bind when i'm tempted like to have maybe a relapse of anger Mm -hmm. not just alcohol but a relapse of something that's negative and counterproductive yeah um i need access to wisdom very quickly yeah Mm. so throwing me a theory that i got to remember Next time I'm upset, that ain't going to help me. But if, <laughs> yeah. you, if you can tell me, wait a minute, discomfort is growth trying to happen. Something so, memorable. Something yeah. memorable. Yeah. So the next time when I'm uncomfortable or discomforting, or yeah. I'm feeling discomfort, okay, hold on just a second. Now I do have a, a little bit of a pulse in my prefrontal cortex that right. can say, okay, hold on. Let's navigate this limbic system through mm-hmm. this issue. Yeah. As opposed to fighting it, right. running away from it, yeah, shutting it down. And even just having like, I, a friend had shared with me, um, like having sort of a, like a mantra like that to say, but like to um, connect it with your breathing. So you're saying at the oh, same yeah. time. You could, yeah. And I right. actually think she got that from you. Is that Maybe. something that you use in your, so like connecting mantra, something yeah. like that with your, as you're breathing, saying yeah. it. It's actually part of the, um, thank you, that is correct. That's part of the, um, they call it square breath. 
When yes. You inhale, count of four. Okay. Hold, count of four. Exhale, count of four. And hold again, count of four. The counting is extremely helpful because counting is a prefrontal cortex uh-huh. thing. Because uh-huh. it's a, it's symbolic. It's, it's a complex function to count things. Yeah. So when you're counting, it's almost hijacking your limbic system that wants to go to a hundred thoughts uh-huh. in that moment. Uh-huh. Now it's just one. Two, mm. three, four. And I, I usually ask people to start with numbers, but then as you get more comfortable with it and it becomes more natural, then you can start playing with a mantra. You throw in a phrase. Oh. So discomfort, yeah. you know, discomfort, growth, trying to happen. Two, or, you know, whatever. Say the mantra as you're going through those right. four steps of the square yeah. breathing. And I've used that before and it has been very helpful. Awesome. Very helpful. Sweet. Yeah. Especially as I'm embracing the chaos. Embracing the chaos. <laughs> So how has it been going this past few months? I'm sure that uh, the mental health community, for example, has been very needed. It is very needed, uh, especially during these uh, past few months. What are some, I don't know, in your experiences and your talks with different uh, couples or people or whatever, Mm -hmm. what what are some things that you're seeing? Or or is this what versus why coming out a lot more? Is it I think so, maybe at a grander level because it is so big. Mm-hmm. And that is what's interesting, you know, mm. usually chaos or tragedies are something you'll see on the news blog and gosh, I'm so sad for those people over in Texas or wherever mm-hmm. something's yeah, happening. Yeah. But this is, I think you said this earlier too, uh, Marina, that this is, everybody's got this problem. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got it, which unfortunately isn't really giving us a lot of comfort. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. we're in this together. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever we're in together, I don't yeah. like it. No, yeah. I like end. But I would say, you know, one of the most common diagnoses in the field, and I, it may be one of the top ones, is um, it's called adjustment disorder. Okay. Adjustment disorder, and it can be adjustment disorder with depression or adjustment disorder with anxiety or adjustment disorder with a little bit of both. Okay. Mm. And I think the reason why that is so common and especially now extremely common, is because the brain, um, it, it does go through a hard time in when we are adjusting to new circumstances. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing is you can have adjustment disorder not just when negative things happen. Mm-hmm. You can have an adjustment disorder when something positive happens. I just mm-hmm. got off the phone on the way over here with a young man who um, just got his... Uh, he just passed his licensing exam. Now he's a doctor. He's got his, you know, he's professional now. Mm-hmm. He's free. He reached the finish line. Yeah, yeah. But he, his life doesn't feel like this. He's like, he's getting mm-hmm. a little down and he's feeling not very motivated. And it was very yeah. interesting to walk that through with him because, yes, congratulations on finishing grad school. Yeah. However, your brain learned how to function in grad school. Mm. Your brain learned how to you know, motivate itself for studying for three hours and getting ready for that exam on Thursday and, mm-hmm. and then got the results and, oh, I made it. Now what's next? And so the brain had a very predictable oh. and familiar way of doing life. And now you have a new routine. Yeah, It's going to your job, dealing with people, helping them. And so that you're saying mind. that that adjustment mm-hmm. is what is causing, is a uh, diagnosis. It's a... The re, the, the brain's reaction to adjustments like that Got it. can sometimes stir depression or stir anxiety. Yeah. Because it, because the brain literally is adjusting. Yeah. Because the brain, interesting, our brains are like sponges. Mm-hmm. We kind of soak in what's around us. And we also like to soak into patterns because the brain is always trying to turn your patterns 
into habits so that it can be more efficient. Got it. So in other words, if every week I have to learn how to study, every day I got to learn how to work through things, that's going to get very frustrating over time. Yeah. But God yeah. has designed the brain to start getting adjusted and realize, yeah. oh, it's Monday. That's when I study for math or you yeah. know whatever. We mm-hmm. get these routines. And then when you take all that away, the brain's kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. I had some good safety and security here knowing how to run life and what to expect mm-hmm. and what to anticipate, yeah. even though it was hard. And, but I learned, I grew, and that's what's beautiful. We all do eventually adjust to chaos and we can actually grow through mm-hmm. it. If you called grad school chaos. Yeah. A lot of things could be called yeah. as chaos because yeah. it's totally. hard. Yeah. But doing hard things is not necessarily bad. Yeah. Right. So. And that's also probably going to be true when things open back up again, right? As things start opening back up again, you're going from being just with your immediate Quarantine family. Or whatever, yeah. yeah. And you're going back into a social setting. It's interesting. As you said that, I um I, I have to push back a little bit. Uh and I know I may not be uh, very popular for saying this. <laughs> Say it. Um Okay, you your question yeah. is connected to her question. Okay, yeah. you just said, "Hey, what's going on in yeah, the mental health field? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, how yeah. are people handling all this?" Well, I believe everyone, in one form or another, is grieving mm-hmm. because every single one of us has lost something. Yeah, in the last several months, some of us have lost a lot more than others. You know, mm-hmm. some of us have lost jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of us lost access to easy drop-off public school. Yeah. You just drop them off and I'm free for eight hours to go do my job that I need to do. Mm-hmm. So we lost- So I've lost loved ones, even from the death. disease. Yeah. We've yeah. lost, yeah. I mean, there is so much grief, but, but the death of a loved one, that one's in a sense easier mm. because- it's clearly a loss. Yeah. Right. It, I'm clearly never going to have see that person again. I've got to, I've got to process that. Yeah. But it's these other subtle losses. Like, and I would say the biggest thing that we've lost is what we have called all of our lives normal. Yes. Yeah. The loss of normal. Yes. And uh, David uh, Kessler, he is a, um, he's probably the world's, most significant expert on grief and loss. Mm -hmm. And he told this very fascinating story about someone was checking with him on the stats. So when a a couple loses a child, Mm -hmm. stats say that the loss of a child remarkably increases the likelihood of divorce. Mm. Like that, the loss of the child will lead to a divorce. And it was very interesting listening to his response because I just wanted to hear yes or no, is that true? But he pushed back and he said, that is really the wrong conclusion about that very difficult yet sacred process. Mm-hmm. Because he, what he said was, the loss of a child never leads a marriage to divorce. What leads a couple to divorce is their judgments of one another's grief process. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. So, and, and, and that's, that's again, this is the mess yeah. that we're in right now. Yeah. Some people are adjusting okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really bad. And I don't like it, but 
you know, I'm going to get through. I'm going to survive. But I think that's where, because grief is so complex Mm -hmm. and it's very unique to the individual, Mm -hmm. like as soon as I start getting over it, I look around, I go, what's wrong with you guys? What's her problem? Mm -hmm. Why are you so, why are you sulking? Mm -hmm. I sulked two months ago and I'm not doing that anymore. So what's your problem? (laughs) So, so again, it's very egocentric. It's like, Mm -hmm. I see the world Mm -hmm. from my point of view. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to seeing the world from God's point of view, Mm -hmm. which is every single person is unique. Every single person has a very unique process when they are going through any kind of grief, much less a pandemic and all this other stuff. But my point was where I had pushback, Marina, what Mm -hmm. you just said is, I think that is, I think because we had so much confidence yeah. And reliance on normal. Yeah. The rhythms, the, the rhythms, r- everything the else. Routines. Yeah. yeah. We think that's where I need to go back. Mm, Man, okay. once we get back to normal. And that's where I think we might be we might miss something. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to go back to normal. Right. To be the David that I was back in normal. Yeah. I hope and pray <laughs> that as I'm going through this very strange time yeah that i am becoming something different that's great that i'm becoming yeah. something actually more right yeah. and, and 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 i i do think it goes back to that whole discomfort thing okay the world is going through a very uncomfortable time but is it growth trying to happen mm-hmm. could god have maybe some intention that is good in this very difficult time. Mm-hmm. I mean, going back to Matthew 5, you know, Jesus goes through the Beatitudes. Okay, Beatitudes are, are nice, a little confusing sometimes. I don't really understand them all thoroughly. <laughs> but then right when he wraps up the Beatitudes, he says, you know what? You know, they're going to persecute you. They're going to say evil things about you. And, you know, just, you know, rejoice because your reward's going to be great in heaven. Man, <laughs> you can read that in less than three seconds say amen or whatever you want to say, Mm -hmm. but not even fathom what he just said. Yeah. He just said, chaos is going to come your way. Like insults, persecution, you know, Mm -hmm. even it's worse later things he talks about. (laughs) And he's saying, you're going to be in a different kingdom at that time. Mm -hmm. When those things happen to you, you're going to be in a kingdom where God's authority reigns. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does God's authority reign when Christians are being killed and persecuted? Yeah. Does God's authority reign when uh, a country is developing with the benefit of free labor called slavery? Mm-hmm. Wow, it's ugly. It, it 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 baffles the mind how we did this for right. hundreds of years. Yeah. Right. But God's authority always reigned. Yeah, but but that's a it's a it's very tricky. It is yeah. well, to, it, but it goes back to that idea of shalom, right? Yeah, that and, and that's where you know I, I'm learning a lot about American Christianity. Yeah, and man, I thought I had issues in the Bible Belt when I was 15, and no, oh, look at all those <laughs> hypocrites. <laughs> I had nothing compared to what I'm learning now about wow. kind of the American church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how they really saw a God. Mm. Or that I think they saw God in a lot of ways that image that mirrored them. Mm. <laughs> and yet I, I lear- I've learned also a lot about uh, black 
Christianity mm. and how soulful it was and mm. how essential it was for their survival. Right. <laughs> but man, I, I, I hear some of those stories and it sounds like there's more shalom Mm. in this black community mm -hmm. while the oppressors are getting richer and more comfortable, mm. but who's really blessed? Mm. Right. I think Jesus says, would say, actually, these guys are a little more blessed. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not the history that I learned. Right. Wow. Blessed is the poor in spirit. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So how, um, like, well, I, I want, can I? No, me first. Whoa. So how, how discomfort you, is growth <laughs> trying to happen? Exactly. This okay. marriage well, is growing exactly. right now. We're growing right now. <laughs> okay. We're good. I'll allow it. Um, I was uh, curious even, because what you're sharing right now is so cool about even how you personally are like, okay, I want to be a better David mm -hmm. than I was before everything. Correct. Um, so I'm curious about that. Like how have you personally, or you and Cece, your wife, Cece, how, how have you guys like navigated this? What has God shown you through this time? What are you guys, what are you learning about yourself? I, you know, just yeah. things like that. Can I be a little, um, I'm going to sound very petty. Um, <laughs> but I used to have these very strange, obsessive, persecutory thoughts. Okay. Back when we lived in normal, uh -huh. remember how okay. good normal yeah. is? Oh yeah, that we can't oh, wait to get normal. back oh, yeah. to. Right. Normal. Can we All get right. back to that? Yeah. yeah, I'm waiting. So, so I'm waiting. part of normal for me, I had this very, I felt sometimes a very justified um, pleasure mm. in going to the movies. Okay, okay, just yeah. that's me, and, yeah. and and you know, I'd I'd kind of I'd kind of soften by just going, hey, yeah, it's just me taking care of me. <laughs> You know, come on, yeah. I work hard. Self-care. 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 Yeah. You know, I've, I've worked pretty hard this yeah. week. And, and you know, to be honest, there were times when I would go to movies twice a week. Uh-huh. You know, mm -hmm. but it, but if a, I, I mean, a week without going to the movies, like, I didn't look forward to that week. That, that week, <laughs> man... Let's get this week over with. How did it happen that I didn't go to the movies? Yeah. So anyway, but I remember like persecuting myself going, Dave, man, you, you really <laughs> like this stuff. And, and, and I remember thinking, God, just whatever happens, don't ever take this away from me, man. Because when I, when I get retire, if I get to retirement, when I'm 65, hey, I just want to love people. Maybe have coffee several times a week, and I want to go to the movies. Go to the movies. That's all I want. Yeah. It's just real simple. You get I'm that very senior simple. discount too. Yeah, so man, you can it go just gets more. easier. My addiction, I mean, my uh, love, uh, my passion gets easier. Yes. So anyway, so when the pandemic happened, I mean, mm -hmm. literally, I heard the announcement, the the L.A. decision that we're going to close down things. Uh -huh. Yeah. I literally heard the announcement on the radio, <laughs> on the way home from the movies. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so I like literally got my last movie in right, right yes. there, right at the end. Right? Yes. And I, I think for the first few weeks, I'm like, hey, this will only last a month. Yeah, right? exactly. Because yeah. I cannot fathom yeah. yeah. my life without that right. thing. Right. So you asked me how we're, how we're doing. Well, I would say, and my, my, my wife is probably much better at this than I am, but I believe the mindset that has helped me stay sane is I must focus during this time on what I can do mm -hmm. rather than what I can't. Mm. Uh, but just to give full credit, I stole that from Andy Stanley. 
he's a great guy. <laughs> and so anyway, but, but I think that mindset has really been it. And that's where I have an issue with normal mm. because normal for me now says, you know, um, I'm going to focus on what I can't do right now uh-huh. because I can't wait to get back to normal. Right. Meanwhile, I might be losing a hundred opportunities every day to do something I never did before or discover something I never tried before. I mean, you know, we've had more, we've had a few meals outside, like with our neighbors. Mm -hmm. When would I have really ever done that before? Got it. I mean, if the church really pushed me and it was like a part of a series idea, (laughs) like, you know, hey, let's do dinner with our neighbors. I might've done it. But now it's like, well, I'm not going to the movies Friday night. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What could we do? Right. 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 And uh, I will boast a little bit. Um, I think being in the LA church yeah. and just hearing how different people were doing different things and just the creativity, yeah. you know, this whole Zoom thing, I'd, I'd been on Zoom one time before the pandemic and even oh, okay. then I didn't so like you, it very much. You had heard about it wow. before I'd pandemic. heard about it once okay. and, yeah. I, was, and yeah. I didn't like it because whenever new things happen, I'm, I'm, I automatically go to, I'm too old to really understand it. Yeah. <laughs> this will be confusing yeah. and I won't be able to figure it out. And I, I just go to a lot of shaming thoughts, but whatever. Adjustment. Adjustment, adjustment disorder adjustment with disorder. shame yeah yes. oh, man. That's, that's my issue <laughs> oh, that's shame a shame mess on the right there it's that's a, a mess it's a big mess <laughs> so uh but my point was uh so zoom started happening and then our singles ministry you know and my wife and i just started getting more involved in the singles ministry okay. about a year ago um but then I heard about this zoom thing and i heard steve lounsbury did a midweek with his whole ministry i'm like yeah what the heck you can do your On whole Zoom? ministry? Yeah. And um, and then Orange County uh, was doing a, this book, Emotional Healthy Spirituality by mm-hmm. Peter Scazzaro, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I read it. It's good. It's an interesting book. Yeah. So anyway, uh, being inspired by what people were doing, yeah. not listening to people sulking by what they couldn't do right now, mm. but I'm, I'm paying attention to people that are figuring out what you can do now. Yeah. Right. So then God, I think, just formed this idea of let's do um, a singles virtual road trip. And that's what we did. We just, every Wednesday night, our midweeks were now coming together and we visit different ministries in all kinds of cities up and down the coast. Oh, cool. It was amazing. Wow. But, but again, yeah, I would have never been able to do that. In I never normal. thought about it either. Yeah. yeah. Why would I have yeah. to think about right. it? I don't need to think about it. It's not a problem. <laughs> but, but, but what's interesting now is that a lot of the singles in our ministry have, you know, one brother told me, I have met more singles in one month than I had met in the last five years. Mm. Wow. Now it's Zoom, I get Yeah, it. for sure. Yeah. But man, bro, seriously, how are you going to meet a sister in Portland? Yeah. How are you going to do that? Right. Well, wait for the big conference. Yeah. Well, the big conference is back to normal, mm. which may not be here too soon. So yeah. what are we going right. to do? So right. anyway, again, yeah. focusing what we can what do. What you can do. That's and, great. And discomfort. Yeah, might be growth or creativity trying to happen. Yeah, because I don't need to be creative when everything is predictable and everything happens the way it is. Yeah, the way I do things. Yeah, right. Hey, movies Friday night. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to be creative about my Friday nights. Yeah, but take away something. Can I read something to you? Yeah, please. Absolutely. This uh, is your ministry okay with the message translation? Yeah, you absolutely. Guys like, yeah, sure. yeah, we'll take We're it. With it. All right, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Uh, message translation of um, a couple of the Beatitudes. Uh-huh. This, 
I mean, I told you earlier, Beatitudes, I love them, but sometimes I'm scratching my head like, <laughs> what do you what's he really saying? Yeah. What does that mean? I mean, <laughs> I want to be blessed, but make it more clear. Right, right, right. So um, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. There you go. Shalom. Yeah. Shalom. His reign. Because hmm. what's my rope? My, my rope is about me being in charge of my life. Yeah. yeah. And I do what I want to do, when I do it, how I do it. I want to go to the movies five times a week. I can totally do that. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I can't. But anyway, you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. Wow. That's great. Second Corinthians 1, yeah. God is wow. God of comfort, yeah, comfort right? Yeah. Yeah. And last one, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are. Yeah. Or just who your spouse is. Mm. Or just what your kids are. No more, no less. That is the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. I love it. Wow. That's awesome. That is amazing. That's a podcast it, right there. It actually uh, reminds me of, uh, you suggested a, a leadership book in your, one of your, me in your message, uh -huh. uh, Rare, Rare Leadership. leadership. Yeah, I'm going to talk about so, it. So I bought it. <laughs> I did. I was like, if David thinks that's a good book, I'm going to get awesome, it. So brother. I picked it up. I started reading it the past couple of days. And that's what it's about. The kind of uh, one of the verses that you just read talked about this idea of just being happy who you are, like being yeah. aware yeah. of yourself, right? And, yes. And that awareness of yourself, that identity, it there is an ability then to be able to lead with joy and to lead because you're not. I haven't gotten further too far in the book, but just that one aspect it, yeah. was like, oh man, that's really powerful. I don't know how it translates totally yet into leadership. Mm -hmm. I understand the principle, but it's just very powerful, the idea of yeah. just being yeah. content with who you are, where you are, yeah. what yeah. you have, you know? And, and, and in this mm -hmm. world today and going back to when normal was, um, Brene Brown talks about scarcity culture. We live in a scarcity culture, mm. which is whatever you have, Whatever you are, it's not enough. Right. Yeah. So are you smart? Well, congratulations, but you're not smart enough yeah. to do this. Yeah. Right? Or looks. Yeah. Eh, you don't have these looks or there's something, you know, in other words, there's a way to all the world. And I think this is really the enemy. I think the, the enemy who is always the enemy, not us, not God, not my yeah. spouse, not my kids, not the teachers, not the police. Yeah. Those aren't the enemies. Yeah. The enemy is the enemy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of his greatest weapons is that message of shame mm -hmm. that no matter where you're at, you fundamentally are not enough, which is the polar opposite of what you just described. Yep. That I can sit here right now, yeah. do absolutely nothing, and literally fathom just being in God's present presence. And him being just completely delighted in me. Yeah. Mm. 
Now, if I can do that for me, there is a chance that I might be able to do it for someone that I'm having conflict with. Got it. So God looks at them with pure delight, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, one tool in that book is also about appreciation. Mm -hmm. I thought about this today on on my run because I know we're revving up for the political season. It's already here. Mm. But I thought, you know, one interesting challenge would be, so decide who you're going to vote for. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's not say anything else. Okay. Just decide (laughs) who you're going to vote for. Please. But then give yourself the spiritual push-up to identify what you appreciate about the other candidate. Got it. Mm. Wait, Hold say on. that again. Say <laughs> that again. Wait a minute. That's counterintuitive, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But it, what I, what I, and I thought about this, it's like, it, and I don't know how I'll vote. I assume I'll mail vote or, mail vote or whatever, but it's like, I don't want to go to the voting ballot with hatred mm. or animosity toward anybody. In fact, I'd rather be focused on the fact that I have the right to vote. Wow, yeah. Yeah. I'd yeah. rather go in with appreciation for that. Yeah. Yeah. Than, oh, I hate that dude, so I'm voting for this dude. Right. And yet, I have to slow down there. And the only reason I'm present, and I haven't done the exercise myself yet, <laughs> so wish me luck. <laughs> I have, I have hey, zero yeah, authority. Yeah. Let us, us know how, how it goes. Yeah, let us know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got zero authority behind this recommendation. You should blog about that. But my point is, I do know that God created Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Yeah. They are both his kids. Mm. And I know that God loves both men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not careful, I'm going to get into my little... Rain, my little authority and my perspectives and opinions and ideas and preferences and all this other stuff. Right. And I'm going to now reduce one of those men to something less than a creation of God. Yeah. That's, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Really hard. Yeah. That's huge. Wow. This has been awesome. Yeah. And and I just, I, I like the phrase and this is the last thing I'll say. Mm -hmm. I like just the phrase of um, the discomfort, like where there's discomfort, there's growth or what? Can you say that again? Uh, discomfort is growth trying to happen. Yes. Harville Hendricks, by the way, is the person who came up with that. Awesome. We'll put, we'll try to put some of these in the, yeah. in the notes. Um, I love that. And that's, I think what I'm taking with me today because a lot of this is just mind change. Yeah. Heart change. Absolutely. Self work. Yeah perspective right mm-hmm. and so anyways i just love that yeah. you're right it, it, yeah and i think it's 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 paradigm shifting mm-hmm. yeah this is great and and we would never need to, and i think that's what's uh, go back to that hesitation about normal going back to normal right it, it may be me just saying you know what i'd rather just go back to the paradigm i know as opposed to this new paradigm that yeah it got me to deliver a lot more right yeah. the new paradigm right so. that's awesome can we? Uh, I wanted to close out uh, here by maybe having you share. I don't know if there's any resources or any um, ideas or tools for um, for married couples, for families in particular, just about relationships, about that everything that we've been talking about. We're, it's so much 
richness here and depth, but um, maybe some practical, some 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 practical things that you could help that could help us. You know, I'll, I'll mention one tool mm-hmm. and one resource. Okay, great. Thank and you. the tool is from the resource. Okay. Oh. So um, my wife and I, one thing we did do, um, well, we 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 were doing it for a couple of years, and then we kind of lost track, and we got back on it, but. The idea of, um, it's called appreciation ritual. Okay. And it's basically um, ending the day, identifying three things that I appreciate about my spouse. You know, three Mm -hmm. things that I caught that day Mm -hmm. that were good. Mm -hmm. And then vice versa. Mm -hmm. And then typically after that, we'll have a prayer and that'll that'll kind of end our day. But but I got to be honest with you, that... It is not a cute, you know, that's not a cute marriage idea. You know, hey, encourage your wife. Yeah. It is a it is a neurological reality. Mm. Mm. When I have to sit with myself and imagine my spouse's life from the last 12 hours, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sifting through Anything and everything that I can remember about what she was doing and who, wait, what did, did she have a phone call today? Or mm-hmm. well, in other, I'm 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 out of myself mm-hmm. and I'm reviewing her world. Okay, it's mm-hmm. extremely prefrontal cortex activity. Yeah, yeah, and then I'm trying to catch what I appreciate. Well, that in that exercise initiates dopamine. It Got initiates it. serotonin. It it initiates gratitude sparks all yeah. the positive neurochemistry yeah. that a brain could ever want. Yeah. And if you want to look at why people become addicts, <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because they grew up or they had an extensive period of time with absolutely almost probably no appreciation in their lives. Wow. Mm. They didn't feel appreciated by their parents or they mm-hmm. didn't feel appreciated by peers or something. Yeah. There was an appreciation deficit and they chemically made up for it. So wow. I, anyway, sorry, I'm getting that's I'm awesome, digressing though. here a little bit. Yeah, but that's again, a great that's a great tool. It is a good tool. Yeah. So yeah. verbalizing those three things to each other, right? And again, because of the pandemic, we again focus on what we can do rather than what we can't. Yeah. One thing you can do, your brain can get remarkably healthier during this time. Yeah. And doing some kind of appreciation like yeah. that. And if you want to extend it to your kids, if you got kids at home. Yeah, that's great. Throw I'm that about in the kids there. Too, you know, yeah. What's yeah. one thing I appreciate about you did today? Mm-hmm. You know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it is, um, the other positive interesting thing about that is when I'm thinking about positive things about Cece or things that she did that I appreciate, I'm releasing positive chemistry in my brain. When she receives those appreciations, like listens to them and mm-hmm. catches that I caught her, it's now initiating chemistry in her brain. Mm. So it's literally like a mutual brain mm-hmm. cleanse mm-hmm. for each other by doing that kind of exercise. Yeah. Now I stole that from one of my favorite resources, which um, it's a it's a secular book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cece and I have we uh, started some groups in Turning Point where we go through that book, but we have some. We have scriptural references to mm-hmm. kind of support the principles of the book, mm-hmm. but it's called Making Marriage Simple by Harville Hendricks and his wife, Helen. Helen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it is a, it's a remarkably simple book. Yeah. It's uh, he, Harville basically found the, um, probably one of the most 
popular, most effective couples therapy models that's out there. It's called Imago Therapy. Mm. Okay. And Imago Therapy, it's been researched. It's been really, really tested and shown to be very, like, long-term effective. Mm -hmm. uh, but this, this book, Making Marriage Simple, was basically their attempt to present this huge model in very simple layman's terms mm. with very specific practical exercises at the end of each chapter. Uh, it, it's extremely easy to go through. Um, and, you know, now we're on Zoom a lot, but, you know, even if some of your married couples yeah. went mm. through Great. a book like that together, like, yeah. hey, okay, on Wednesdays, let's talk for an hour and yeah. we'll share what we got out of that chapter and you know, all that kind of stuff. And I could send you guys the yeah, a handbook great. that we've uh, created to go with it. Please, that'd so, be great. Mar yeah. What's marriage? Made, making making make, marriage simple. Making marriage simple. Yeah. That's awesome. great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dave. It has been a oh, blessing. I love you guys so much. Love you too. too. And Thank a pleasure you. to have you with us. Thank, thank you. you so much. Um, if you're listening to us, thank you so much for joining us. And I hope this has been a blessing and a, uh, a benefit to you. And uh, we want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel um, and follow us. And all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Leave us a review. Um, but we're hopefully going to have some more content out here in the next couple months, yeah, yeah. uh, next few weeks, actually with, uh, interviewing some married, married couples, mm -hmm. uh, and seeing how they're doing. Yeah. And now uh, that we have all the answers. Yeah. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to, we can go and this is what I love gonna, about you guys. You're so raw. You're so therapy, real. We're going to therapize them. We're going to therapize them. Yeah. Yeah. From this one <laughs> session. Threatening with therapy. I am now the guru. Uh, I love it. Love. <laughs> But once again, we want to thank you, David, so much. Oh, and guys, very grateful you. for you. And we'll see you next time. Special thanks to our producer, Kyle Umeda. Please connect with us at glbchurch.com. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts or listen to us on our website and leave us a comment. Join us next time as we lean into the joys and chaos of marriage and family life.